And no Cassie. Um, this is Cassie Smith at 420 on October 19, 2011. And I am interviewing Velia Sanchez Ruiz today at the Emma S. Barrientos Mexican American Cultural Center in Austin, Texas. Velia, do you give me permission to record this interview? Yes, I do. Could you please state your name and spell it for us? Velia, V-E-L-I-A, Sanchez, S-A-N-C-H-E-Z, hyphen, R-U-I-Z. Okay, great, thank you. Um, so we're gonna start out really easy. Could you please tell us where you were born and where you grew up? Okay, I was born and raised in Lockhart, Texas, 30 miles east of here. Mm -hmm. And um, I graduated from high school there at the age of 18. And I went in 1960. And um, I went to college at Texas Women's University in Denton, Texas. At that time, they were offering the National Defense Student Loan um, monies for anybody who wanted to go to college, couldn't afford it, but was definitely going to go into either education, science, or medicine. And so I was going to, I decided to go into, into education. And so um, if it had not been for that, we would not, I would not have gone, been able to go to college because my parents, we were seven in our family and there was just no way mm -hmm. that that was going to happen you know, monetary-wise. So I was very fortunate to have a very good high school counselor who gathered all of the Mexicanos in my class, which was like 18 of us out of a class of 60-some-odd, and told us if we wanted to go to college, there was money. And he told us about the National Defense Law, and he helped us fill it out. At that time, a lot of us weren't even thinking that we could go. It was not even a, we weren't even dreaming college. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're doing good trying to get out of high school. But I, it, was, it was so neat because out of all of us, uh, quite a few of us went off and got our degrees and became uh, outstanding, did outstanding work. You know, one of my friends um, became a principal of one of the high schools in, in Houston and another friend became a counter, all because this gentleman took the time to tell us mm -hmm. because most of the time, back then in the 1960s, most of the Mexicanos, most of us Mexicanos were tracked into, um, you know, like the trades, you know, go to vocational school. Mm -hmm. we, were never, we were never tracked to go to college. They just didn't think that that was going to happen. But we did. Do you remember so, uh, his name? Dr. A.L. Weinberger. I'll never forget that man. And many of us can talk about that. Because Lockhart is, um, at, back in those times, it was what was very typical of central Texas towns, um, very racist. All the Mexicanos and blacks lived in one side of town, on one side of 183, and the rest of the world lived on the other side of 183. We had our own theaters, we had our own schools, and then um, you didn't cross. Wow. You weren't allowed to go to the theaters, you weren't allowed to, you know, it was definitely very segregated back then. Mm -hmm. And blacks and Mexicanos and then the, the whites. So um, I grew up with a lot of issues. <laughs> A big old chip on my shoulder because of that. And I told him I was, I tell my daughters now that I would say, Mom, it's not the same anymore. And it isn't, but still, you know, it's good to remember because it's good to know your history because you don't know who you are unless you know where you've been, you know, where you're going. So, so I went off to college and graduated from TW at 1964, right in the middle of the civil rights 
when um, when Martin Luther King was uh, was uh, doing his marches in Selma and, and at TWU right there on the other side of Dallas at Denton, Texas, I remember so clearly I was sitting, I was a senior in college already in 1964, and I was having lunch at one of the, it was called the pig stand at that time. And I was sitting there and I saw these bearded guys walking with a couple of, of African Americans, blacks, and they came and sat at the counter. And the next thing I knew, I saw some police officers go in there and ask them to leave. So they walked out, and the next thing I knew, I was looking out the window, and there was picket signs. They started going, no, this was, this was the beginning, and, and this was the time when all that was happening. So um, 1964, and then I ended up, I graduated in 1964. I got married in 1963 mm -hmm. to a native Austinite, uh, Buddy Ruiz. And, uh, and I moved on to San Antonio and taught, uh, I became a health, physical, education, recreation teacher. And uh, I taught at Harlandale Independent School District for a couple of years. My daughter was born there in 1964. My oldest daughter is Linda. And um, it was while we were there that my husband, ex-husband Buddy, would go and after he, he was at Fort Sam Houston. We were, that's the reason we were there, because he was at Fort Sam Houston. And he would attend night meetings of community organizers in Westside San Antonio at the Good Samaritan Center. And there were Sololinsky community organizers, trainers there. And Betty would go to those meetings. And it was while we, he would come home and say, you know, Billy, when I get back to Austin, I'm gonna, there's gonna be some change that's gonna take place. Cause you know, he knew that there was a lot of issues. And right across on 12th, on, on 3rd and Waller was where he was born and raised, mm -hmm. right there on 3rd and Waller. Right across the street from Moose House was Mr. Shapiro's big old junkyard. There was cars and stuff stacked all the way to the top in that neighborhood. And so that was the first time Betty went and got the neighborhood together. And I'll never forget, we met in the backyard of this little old lady by the name of Doña Thea. And they were complaining about rodents coming out of that place and why did they put those junkyards there and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So Buddy had really gotten trained on, I mean, if you don't have the power of money, you have the power of the people. This is a Solonsky basic principle, you know. If you don't have the money, then you organize and you stay together and you stick by you. So they protested and, and got together, went and fought and bought that junkyard. So that was, so it, that was back in 1965, 66, okay? And were you living in Austin? We moved to Austin because Buddy, Buddy had just finished his uh, had finished his uh, his time with the with the Fort Sam Houston, and we moved back to Austin. And Buddy was going to go to the University of Texas. Started going to the University of Texas, mm -hmm. and um, so he organized the neighborhood to get rid of the junkyard. And um, and uh, at that time, John Trevino, who became our one of our first city councilmen, and uh, Richard Moya, who became one of our first county commissioners, Gonzalo Barrientos was working with the. OEO and all that. They were all young and they were all, it was, the, we were ready. Let me just say, mm -hmm. we were already waking up and saying, oh, you know, things have got to change here. So they all got together and managed to get this junkyard. I'm going, and I'm, I'm going fast because there's some, um, they got rid of the junkyards, then they took on the Palm Elementary School right here across from Schlotsky's from uh, IHOP. Um, that school was, I mean, the kids had to cross IH-35. There was no air conditioning. There was only, it was an old building. And um, a lot of issues 
you know, and the people say, you know, we're unhappy. Well, how come they treat us like that over here? I mean, we don't have all this. And, um, and so we wanted uh, to move out of there and have a new building and whatever or do something better. And so then the, the neighborhood organizer, Ruth, my sister-in-law, mm -hmm. was the president of the PTA at the time. And, she, you know, she rounded up the families and picketed, protested. Buddy was uh, just, you know, organizing the community and, and Andy Ramirez and all the parts that all those guys that you hear about now that are the oldie motors as we call them now they're all you know organized and we're able to get uh dr george sanchez from the university of texas to come and score the school whatever that meant and um and he said yeah this isn't right i mean you know this is not equal it would they call it separate but equal but it wasn't equal it was separate but not 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 equal we were not getting the same kind of education as west austin so that was a big issue, and so that uh, picketing, uh, marching, demonstrating, the whole, we were already do, started to do that, and then the new Sanchez Elementary. Okay. And were you teaching at this time? I was teaching at Becker Elementary School. Right. I became a teacher out in South Austin. Mm -hmm. It's an old neighborhood there, and I still live there. What I, was I, the climate like in school teaching at that time? Oh, I was, I was the second um, uh, Latina there. Uh, Susie mm -hmm. Castro was the first Latina. I was the second Latina to ever have been hired at that school, and um, it was great. It was I loved it. It's still my, one of my favorite neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. uh, the Meadowbrook Housing Projects w was there, and it, it was uh, it was pretty sad. But uh, so we were from a low socioeconomic school, and a lot of it, and it wasn't just uh, Latinos that were there. There was a, a, a mixture, a, a, a diverse group, because uh, everybody lived in those. Meadowbrook of uh, housing projects. And so I was there uh, teaching, and I was living, um, at, Betty was going to the University of Texas, and I was living in the, um, at the South Shore uh, Merit Student Housing, mm -hmm. not South Shore, Lake Shore, mm -hmm. over there, it was barracks. And uh, so I, we were living there, and I was working at Becker, and he was going to the University of Texas, mm -hmm. and doing a lot of work in the community. What Lots of psychology. Yeah, that's what he got his degree in. And then that was also the beginnings in that time in 1968, 69, when um, the reason I know that is because Julie was born in 69, is the economy furniture strike. Buddy's father worked there and his brothers. And Buddy knew about organizing as he became a union organizer. And so he went out there picketing, I mean, you know, putting out flyers in front of the. Mm -hmm. His father got very upset about that because that was, you know, that was, he had been working there for years. In fact, Mr. Ruiz, my father-in-law, had started that, had, had worked with Mr. Smith at the very beginning of, of that company. Long story short, the strike took, took off and Cesar Chavez was doing his thing in California. Uh, Corky Gonzalez was doing his stuff in Colorado. Reyes Tijerina was doing his protesting. So it was like nationwide, everybody was the sleeping giant. It's like we woke up and said, whoa, we need to fight for some of these things. We need to be heard. Mm -hmm. So it was, the times were very exciting. It was a lot of passion. There's a lot of, um, you know, just a real, we, we knew that we were, that we needed to fight for what we needed to. And so we did. The French, the economy went on strike. Cesar Chavez came down to support our, our cause. And this is when I met Emma. Emma uh, and Gonzalo got, became very, Gonzalo and them all got, got involved with the strike. And this is where I met Emma. Emma Barrientos and I, Emma had all her babies and I had all my babies. And, <laughs> and uh, 
a buddy ran for city council, and and we met at the city when buddy at the at the campaign office, mm -hmm. and um, and so while the guys were doing all this stuff, we were trying to find. Um, we were also not only were we supporting the guys in the best way that we could because we knew we had to take care of our kids. But we also, you know, like whenever the Mayo or the Brown Berets or any protest, anybody came to support the cause, we were always there to cook, to house. I mean, I cannot tell you, my little, that little apartment out in, at Westlake was, uh, I mean, people sleeping on the floor. I mean, mm -hmm. we just did that. We, we took care of, of whoever came to support us. Emma did the same thing. We were constantly making chicken salad sandwiches, you know, for everybody and whatever. So that was a, that was a real... Um, uh, neat time. In the meantime, like I said, uh, while all these protests protests were going on in different parts of Texas, like in Crystal City, the walkout of the students, you know, uh, that's another historical thing. The class only that was forming, uh, they were marching over there. Sometimes we would get in. My there was three of us: Emma Barrientos, Leticia Urias, myself. Um, that would uh, they had, we had a little Volkswagen van, and we would throw the kids all in there, and we'd take off and go you know, support the marches, where the, one was in Del Rio and another one in Crystal City, and we would go down to the valley, you know, just whatever was going on. We would drive by ourselves with all the kids, following the, what the movement was doing. And, but then we come back to Austin, our kids are growing up, and uh, Austin didn't have anything to offer to us mm -hmm. as far as cultural. We had to create our own stuff. Okay, the only thing in the performing arts that we had was uh, Rudy Mendes at the Pan American Center. Okay, and he taught flamenco, and he was he was one of the only dancers that we had. And I think he also formed Ballet East here in East Austin. Was Roy Guerrero there at the time? Roy Guerrero, uh, well, I don't know where he was, but Mr. Guerrero and I. Uh, um, uh, we're on the same board in South Austin. Mr. Guerrero and I, there's a Ricky Guerrero Park down there, by the way, by my house. And Mr. Guerrero and I were on a, on a board for the South Austin Neighborhood, uh, uh, South Austin Neighborhood Center or mm -hmm. group, our, our, our council, that's the word. Um, but yeah, the one who was running that place at that time was A.B. Cantu. It's, okay, he's been named, I think that place has been named it. And I remember that, um, I would go there, uh, Emma and I would go there, or I also worked at uh, a part-time over here at, at Sanchez, at, um, at the Old Palm, and I used to work with Extended Care, an after-school program, okay? And I remember taking my students to the Pan Am Center, and I would enroll the girls, because they would have a brochure of ballet and baton and this, and I would enroll them, and then I would go over there, and there was nothing going on. Oh, we didn't make, we didn't have enough students, but they had like the Golden Gloves boxing thing, and then the boys were all playing in the gym. You know, there was nothing for, for the little ones and for the girls, okay? And that upset me because I said, that's, you know, how come the, South, the Austin Recreation Center out in West 15th Street has ballet and they have gymnastics and they have baton classes and they have everything and we can't have it here. So that was the first time that Emma and I and a bunch of us mothers uh, uh, that decided we were going to enroll our children at the South, at the at the Austin Recreation Center. Mm -hmm. There were no at that time no Chicanos, no blacks. It was all West Austin. 
we walked in with all our children and we enrolled them all in, in, in all ballet, tumbling, blah, 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 and everything. And we would take turns, you know, one would take them, mm -hmm. we would fill up a station wagon full of kids. Uh, back then it was my sister Alicia, Leticia Oriegas, Emma and I, four of us mothers. But, and each one of us had like four or five kids a piece, okay? Kids do you have? I have four daughters. Oh, wow. Uh, and in my head are five kids, and that they had her four, and so you know when you put them all together, it was a lot. So we would go take them over there, and we were going to make sure that they knew that we were going to be a part of this thing. That gummit, you know, we were going to mm -hmm. dance and whatever. And they, they clearly taught, and they, I mean, this is the kind of uh, what you would call um, uh, discrimination in a way. It's, it was it was not blatant, but it was like okay. If you're going to enroll your child in this class, so we want to make sure you understand that we're going to have a recital and that you will have to have ballet shoes, you have to have a costume, you have to have all this, and we're going to look and say, oh my God, you know, can we afford all this? Because at that time, Buddy was going to school, I was on a very teacher's salary, very little, and uh, so, uh, but we did it. We were determined that we were going to have, um, in fact, at the recital, I didn't even get to go see them because I was pregnant with Monica, and she was born in 1973, and I ended up at the hospital, didn't go to the recital, but Emma and Letty and all of them mm -hmm. made sure that the girls all had their costumes. And what was the reception like at the center? It, you know, it was okay. They, you know, it just, they, they didn't say you can't have them here. You, you know, they were not ugly or mean, but we just knew that they saw us coming and they thought, well, you know, I don't remember ever anybody telling us anything, but it was mm -hmm. just like, so the kids, the, my, our children remember that clearly, just as, because I know one time, uh, Emma, it was Emma's turn to go pick up the kids after school. And uh, when she didn't bring all my girls back, and I looked, I said, where's, I'm missing one. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, where's, where's Mickey? Oh my God, and so she goes back, and Mickey's sitting there in the bleachers oh. watching, and she never knew that the, all the kids had left, <laughs> bless her heart. But anyway, that was, that was then, and then, uh, so then, um, I was teaching at Becker, and um, uh, and we also we were in South Austin. Emma by then had moved to Blue Bonnet Lane, and um, and I was living not too far from Becker. So Emma and I became very involved also in the South Austin Neighborhood Council. You know, trying to make sure that our kids. That was before the recreation center was built there. That was before the multi center was. You know, um, because there was nothing for the kids, they were vandalizing a lot. That whole neighborhood had the potential for becoming a a ghetto. And so community schools came in. That was, Becker was the first building to house the, the community schools, okay? And so I would, um, I would stay after school and open up the gym so that the kids could come and play basketball and whatever. And the city paid me to, to open it up because they, they needed something for the kids. And then the recreation center was built later, so that, that was, that kind of gave a relief for the kids to have some place to go. And uh, Emma and I became very involved in that. And then it was then that we decided there's nothing for the children to do during the summer. So we decided to do, uh, my sister was, uh, my sister was just an incredible creative person and she said, um, why don't we uh, gather the kids and, and do a, teach them dance and, and do it. You know what we were doing? We were patterning, pat, we patterned it at like the West, the, the Austin Recreation Center. We would have classes, and then at the end of the of the of the summer, we would have a recital. Okay. And where, where were you? It was going to be at Becker. And let me tell you, Norma Guerra, another great artist, another great artist here, lady uh, here from South Austin. Um, 
made some posters for us and we put them at HEB down in South Congress and we put them all over South Austin to bring kids to enroll. And San Jose Church loaned us their little school so that we could go and have the classes there. So we all, uh, we had 72 children sh show up. Wow. And none of us knew, we didn't have an instructor, but I knew how to do the Mexican hat dance because I had been taught by this gal from Laredo when I was a high school or something like that. And Della May knew Las Chapanecas because she had learned it at mm -hmm. her church some time ago. And Geneva Sanchez knew how to do, you know, um, El Fado, uh, some Spanish, Spanish mm -hmm. dance. Raquel Gonzalez knew how to do La Bamba. She said, I know how to do La Bamba. I'll, I'll, I'll teach that, you know. And, uh, and then there was this gal by the name of um, Irma Vela, I can't remember, that was, had written a book on dance. And uh, she, we borrowed her book and we did La Danza Los Viejitos. And mm -hmm. so my sister at that time had been doing all this. We had seen Amalia Hernandez's Ballet Folklorico from Mexico City. So we were kind of, we're going to do this. We're going to do the Indians first, the beginning. You know, it's a historical. The, the whole repertoire of that dance company was to show the beginnings of the history of Mexico, you know, the in Indians and then the Spaniards and then the different regional dances. So we did that. And, uh, and we taught them, and I would, you know, we, we taught them how to do all that. And so we made our, our dresses and our stuff. I remember we, we laugh now because we didn't know how to, our dresses from Veracruz are white. And you know, they're the ones that do a lot of zapateado. And we laughed because we didn't know how to get any of that material. So what we did is we went down to, um, down to Wynn's dime store and we bought um, sheer panels, you know, those window panels, mm -hmm. those sheer that you put right now. And we got them all together and we made, and we made, uh, here they are. I mean, this is, uh, this is a, and we made these out of, um, all our kids, <laughs> there's Alicia Barrientos right there, and this, we did as Adelitas, you know, the women that uh -huh. fought a lot, and we made those costumes, and we, uh, we, oh my God, it was, this was at Becker. Here's the girls doing the flamenco. This is the Becker Auditorium, the That's old beautiful. auditorium. And you made those? We made all these costumes. This young lady right there is the daughter of Margaret Gomez, who is our kind of, uh, is this kind of, <laughs> and, um, and here's, here they are, this is the little ones. They did the, five, they were five years old, and uh, these were the five-year-olds, and then these were the older girls, and these are the Danza de Viejitos. And the kids all made their paper mache masks. My sister made those little ponchos. Wow. And here's the, the Indians, the guys that, you know, um, did, a, we made those feathers, and we made, so this is all, here's the La Bamba. Mm -hmm. These costumes were all made out of nothing but scraps and old wedding dresses and, and whatever, you, you know. an amazing job. Here we all did the Bamba, and here's, you know, the Danza de Viejitos. So, and this was back in 1969 or something like that, I can't remember. But there, and, and this is, we're dancing at, at Fiesta Gardens. By then we got an instructor from, um, and then we did, cost, I mean, this is, a, we did costumes and whatever, these were when they got older. I mean, this is when they were little. Mm -hmm. And then we formed and, a company. And, it, and you had classes for them until they got What we did is, um, we did this at Becker, and then we became very famous. Everybody wanted us to go <laughs> perform, and we performed at, this, at the Palmer Auditorium for the state PTA convention. Oh, wow. And I mean, lights and everything, we had so much fun. We so, and the kids thought they had, you know, it was just an incredible experience for a lot of those children, because they had never, ever um, been, you know, they just felt good about who they, they were. Felt they were oh yeah, they right. felt very special. And special about their heritage, which is really Absolutely. Important. They right. had not they had they had no idea. Mm -hmm. 
they had no idea what that, that being a Mexican and where they came from and whatever. And it was it was uh, it was far more than just dancing. It was about uh, knowing who they were and and some of these loser kids that were always getting in trouble felt so proud because they would go dance and people they were cute especially the guys. Oh man, and they felt so proud of who they were, and they looked forward to going to perform. So we performed all over the all over the city, and um, then as they got older and they were doing so well, uh, we decided to um, hire. Uh, we went to Santa Julia. Santa Julia loaned us their church, their hall, and we hired. We went to San Antonio. Emma and I and Alicia went to San Antonio and found Juan Casados, who used to dance with Amalia Hernandez's Ballet Folklorico in Mexico City. He was one of the key dancers, and he was sent down during the hemisphere in San Antonio uh -huh. at the Mexican Cultural mm -hmm. Center. And he was sent there to teach. And we, I went to meet him and asked him if he would come to Austin and teach and we'd pay him. And he came and he taught our girls. And then we ended up dancing at, um, at Aqua Festival. You remember we used to have Aqua Festival? And here's that Linda and Alicia, we, we were performing. Here's, this is at one of the, at the, one of our centers. Let me see if I can find where we did some Aqua Fest. Oh, maybe I didn't. I don't know where they are, but but we 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 they performed at Aqua Festival and we we went to Marshall, Texas for their whatever. We we were going all over the state while the, we were doing this. Maria Salinas was doing the same thing over here mm -hmm. at. Um, did you guys work together? At we all? didn't at first. Maria Salinas was um, very. Um, in, it's, she she her, it was her children that danced, and she. I had to audition you before, you know. Oh, okay. She was very, and she would go to Mexico and bring instructors. Her, her, she had a real classy group. And then Rowan was a fantastic dancer. Rowan, Nelda, his sister, and his other sister—I can't remember what the other one's name is—but uh, and his little brother. Uh, and then she had most of her students were students from St. Mary's. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she, we, we did try to get together at one time, but then we went our separate ways because, you know. We had our own direct, you know, it's just like everything. Yeah, yeah, and, and not only that, but she do, wanted to do one thing. We, yeah, and so we kind of, she had her group, we had our group, and we were just kind of doing things by the seat of our pants because we really didn't have that kind of money. But, and we bought, made costumes, we did a lot of sewing. So a lot of the women, and it was, this is, it had nothing to do with the men. This is all the women. This is, so this is when, when we all, it, it was like almost like, um, Everybody was dreaming the same thing at the same time, while we were dreaming of having a, a place like the MAC. Uh, so was Mrs. Salinas, so, was, so were other people in the mm -hmm. community that we needed a place, the actors, people who wanted to learn how to act. This is where we thought, man, we need a place bad. We need to have our own place. And Juarez Lincoln gave us a taste of what it was like to, mm -hmm. to have our own place. Did where you we, study there? I didn't, my sister did. My mm -hmm. sister went and got her degree from the Ante, and she has her degree from Antioch College. Wow. There's a number of people that, that got, Margaret Uriegas uh, is another gal that went there, uh, that, that went there, it's called the School Without Walls. And mm -hmm. it was really a neat concept because what they would do is that they would, whatever community work you had done, and you know, you would write it up and they would give you credit, like mm -hmm. as if you had been attending a class, it was actually, you know, hands-on experiences like what you're doing right now, you could say, well, this is what I do, and you take it to your professor, and they say, okay, let's see if you really do. It's okay, we're gonna give you three hours credit. Mm -hmm. And this is a way that a lot of the, because a lot of those late, my sister was married, had kids. She couldn't go to class all the time. Loved it at, at, um, at, at Juarez Lincoln, and she, uh, 
I had to do a lot of documenting and a lot of writing. And, uh, but I didn't go, I didn't go. And there are Jose Flores and all the danzantes, the Azteca, it was uh, the, 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 what they call the matachines, the ones that do ceremonial dances, mm -hmm. you know, and things like that, we became very, very, they established themselves there. What was her degree in? Oh, my sister, you know what, I don't remember. She, I, I know that, that it, it, I, you know what, she's got her degree on her wall, I have to ask her, yeah. I forgot to ask her what it was. Yeah, it would be neat to, and so, you know, and what was happening at that, oh, so, so Gonzalo then became very, but he did not win the election, and he, you know, a lot of stuff was happening. Gonzalo ran for state rep, and um, I, then I start, I got divorced, and I was too busy raising my girls. So Emma, so em, the dream that Emma and I had, and Emma brought me here when they finally got the, this piece of property. Mm -hmm. I said it at the, at when we did the um, unveiling of the sign, I, I said, I remember coming up here, Emma said, I want to show you where we're going to build a map. And I looked and I said, oh my God, what were you thinking? Look at this residence, <laughs> this warehouse and this picket fence with barbed wire, I mean not picket fence, but uh, chain link fence with barbed wire up at the top and all mm -hmm. these trucks and all these, you know, whatever. And she said, no, no, let me take you over here and so we could see the lake. I said, oh my God, this is beautiful, mm -hmm. you know. And then she had mentioned to me, I remember she said, that somebody in one of those meetings that the developers of the city said they wanted to find us another place. They wanted this place. But, and, um, and Emma said, we're not going to let that happen because this is a beautiful view of the lake and whatever. And uh, Emma continued the battle. And I, because I became a single parent, and I, and, and I was, you know, uh, having to raise the girls by myself, I didn't go to all the meetings the task forces, mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, but Emma did. Emma, and then she would go, guess what, you know, she, mm -hmm. this is where I find out all the, the, you know, disappointments, the, and then, you know, the, the, the battles that they won, and, the, you know, because it took them forever to get this thing going, you know, finally passed. And it took all those people that were there at that forum, mm -hmm. all of them together. It wasn't just a, but Emma was one consistent thing, and it was, and, her thing, she loved the arts, mm -hmm. and we all did, and we knew we needed to have something. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, a lot of the women, like I said, Mrs. Salinas, and I told Rowan the other night, more credit needs to be given to, for the, for the arts to the, a lot of the ladies, because we were the ones mm -hmm. that wanted it for our kids because we couldn't find it anywhere else, yeah. you know? And he agreed, he said, you're absolutely right. I said, look at what your mom did. I said, we, I said, we were nine of us that did this whole thing right here. Here's, here's that article. It, you know, uh, with summer comes boredom for many students for about 55, it was more than that, the South Austin era. And we, you know, they interviewed my sister and there we are, Folklorico Infantil, Rachel Gonzalez, that's her right here, mm -hmm. teaches nine-year-olds. And, and, uh, and we had our recital and here are the people, uh, Norma Guerra was, uh, you know, Ruth Ruiz, um, publicity chair, mm -hmm. myself, and uh, we were all involved in this. And this is, this is our program. Wow. You know, we had all these little babies here to do all these little dances, and, and there's all the credits, you know, and here's dance teachers were all of us, you know, right here. Shirley Sanchez, Rachel Gonzalez, publicity, all of these right mm -hmm. here. So we were, we were, it, was, it took seamstress. Everybody sold. We would always, I mean, we were making. 
no, no. It was it was a, it was a great time. It was a great time, and 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 so for me to see whoops, to see this um, this building uh, um, as it is is just it's just amazing. I I'm I'm very proud of it, and and it's all these people. It, it wasn't just one person. I know there was an issue about naming it after Emma, but um, I wanted it to be her, her you know, because. I, I know, and a lot of people in this community know how she never faltered. She was going to fight for this thing, you know. And then, meantime, while she was doing this, Gonzalo was on the political thing. And, I, and, and it helped that she was the politician's wife because mm -hmm. she had a little bit more clout. And, a lot, and, and, and she, she, could, she was always wanted on boards and whatever. So her, her influence, you know, and, and, and not that just because of Gonzalo, she earned a lot of the respect from the community. They loved her. Mm -hmm. And what were some of the specific things that maybe she talked with you or that you guys talked about, about what this building would do? What would be available? Well, she, she, we knew we needed a place where the student, where, our, where the community could come and, and study art, uh, uh, study dance, uh, theater. We wanted those. You know, San Antonio had it for a long time. I mean, you could go, I could go to San Antonio and I would find tons of dance instructors, tons of classes going on. Uh, right now, I can go to San Antonio and there, <laughs> Esperanza Center down there, it's unbelievable uh, what they've done over there to save their neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You know, they, instead of knocking down and make old houses and making bars like, the, like they have, you know what they did over there? They're, and it's because the, the city council supports them, the community supports them. They're, they're buying those old houses and those old ice houses, and they're converting them into studios. There's a casita, an old house, and she said, Doña so-and-so used to live here, and look at what we're doing here. They're having uh, those, uh, what do you call al alibrijes? Alibrijes. Are being taught there. There's a, they, they bring instructors to come in. And so, and then there's a, a pottery class where all these women are doing this, like, like um, Josefina Aguilera, the one that does all the, the Real Muertos, all the clay work that she does. She does all the Frida Kahlo stuff. Um, I mean, they're, they're women. Their children take off for school. The women come with their babies there, and there's a kitchen, and there's rooms, and what, and they're learning how to do all this. And then, you know what? In Christmas, not too, they're already opening up their peace market in San Antonio. And all these, they sell their things. And some of these women are making a living. And I thought, oh God, would, that would have been wonderful if we could have done that with Rainy Street, have a pottery studio, a art studio, a, a tapestry, a, you know, whatever. And, and, and have this building for theater and for dance and whatever to show, but have this whole area become an art district. It would have been great, we can't do that now, because they've already bought all these condos and everything. But that's, that was what we talked about. We wanted um, to be able to have, a, you know, a place for the people to come and see and learn about our culture. You know, um, it was, and there was, we knew that there was a lot of talent. There is a lot of talent. I, I still don't see it happening here like I would like to see it happen. I, 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 I would love for this place to be just buzzing with activity all day long, you know, all the time. I, I would like to see really great theater come in here, you know. Um, 
the I had a friend of mine who was uh, a retired teacher also. She and I went to school together, and she became the director, the chairman of the board of the Houston Latino, kind of very similar to this, mm -hmm. very similar to this. In fact, it's in the barrio also in Houston, and it's also a partnership with the city. But their director, the director of that home, there his main job is to do fundraisers, fundraisers and lots of stuff like that, not just manage the place. They have a little bit more money, a lot more money than we do, because the city gives them a lot more money too. But they have a wonderful place that are coming in from, you know, that, um, you know, like that lady that did Real Women Has Curves, okay? <laughs> I went to San Antonio to go see that. Mm -hmm. I had to go down there to go see it. They did not here. We didn't have a place. I don't know whether they ever did it. Did they ever do it at the Paramount, you know? I don't remember it in the time that I've been here. Mm -hmm. There's another play that was so, it was where, I haven't seen it, but she loved it. It was called Las Tamalada. Mm -hmm. You know, all these young women, like my daughters who were born and raised here that understand Spanish, but they don't speak it. And uh, they wanted, they remembered seeing their mothers and grandmothers making tamales, so they decided they would mm -hmm. do it again, that they would try to recap. And so they're sitting around this table making, supposedly, this is what I heard because I haven't been there. I haven't seen it. They're making tamales and uh, and they're not sure they're doing it right. <laughs> and the spirits of the grandmothers oh, and the mothers wow. come out and, and are talking to them, you know, mm -hmm. like, no, 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 you're not, you know, you do need to put more manteca, you need to put more this or mm -hmm. And the voices, anyway, they said it's hilarious and it's bilingual, so I would love to see that play here. Um, I want us to have more money to be able to to do all those kinds of things here. Mm -hmm. I really do. I really do. Um, I, something that I've noticed throughout the history um, of the MAC and the economy for Ginger Strike, and the same names keep coming up, and there seemed to be a correlation between what was happening politically and culturally. It was. At the same time. Do you feel that way? That Absolutely. That your husband was out oh, yeah. organizing, I, you were just... We were, do, we were doing, it, it was happening at the same time. Uh, and I said it when I we did the unveiling here, and I said it while they were out, the economy furniture strike was going on, and what many of us were doing the same thing, paralleling it. But we're, while they were fighting for political positions, and we want more people. I mean, we're still fighting the same battle. We still only have one council Hispanic on the city council. Back then, it was like we want at least one in there, and we finally got one. You know. Um, while they were doing that and, and protesting and, you know, for labor rights and for, you know, I mean, there was all over the country, the great boycott, the, the, the lettuce boycott, the, you know, all those issues were, were very, were, were big. And it got us excited and it gave us, a lot of us that couldn't travel to go and you know, whatever, we did travel some, but, but it also said, you know, why not? Why can't we have, why can't we have, uh, a cultural center. Why can't we have what San Antonio has? Mm -hmm. Why is it so hard for us to do that here in Austin? You know, uh, Marta Cotera. I'll tell you, Marta Cotera was a big mover and a shaker. I mean, Emma. Uh, you know, and all and, and a lot of these people are fading out, and I just wish they would come back. Uh, I could get they're still alive, and and they're, they they would be so wonderful for you to interview. Raquel Gonzalez. I mean. Raquel, during the Movimiento, during the Raza Unida, you know, they had a big reunion not too long ago. When the Raza Unida party was organizing, Jose Angel Gutierrez, I mean, he would end up coming here to Austin in, in our kitchen, living room, talking about, eh, la raza, you know, Ramsey Muniz running for governor. 
at that time. All of that was going on. Raquel Gonzalez, I remember, had a party at her house, a fundraiser for Ramsey Muniz for the Raza Unida. Um, uh, you know, Marta Cotera, very much, we were also fighting for bilingual education here. Big fight over at, um, at Brook Elementary School. Uh, we had a principal that would kick the kids out of school and would be out for days and he didn't care until they found one of the young fifth graders working his dishwashing at, uh, at La Azteca oh, wow. restaurant down here. And Buddy and Andy had been appointed by the city to be on the human relations board or something like that. And some of the teachers from Brook called Buddy and Andy and said, you know, this is what's going on and y'all need to know, but we're afraid to speak up because we're gonna lose our jobs. Mm -hmm. So Buddy and Andy go over there and talk to this Mr. Gothi was his name. And um, they got him out, the community organized the Samilpa, not the Samilpa, the Samaripas family from Josie Samaripa, Erlinda, I saw her here the other day, the daughter of Mrs. Samaripa, Lupe Samaripa, all that whole family over by Brooke, very upset with what was going on. Mm. Big protest. We went to the school board, Will Davis was there. We, we said, this is not right. You know, this man is beating up our kids. We have documentation. We have, because we start, we realized that we just couldn't go up there. Wilhelmina Delco was, a, was our, a school board member, Will Davis was a school board. And we met and we said, you know, this is not, and I was a teacher and I stood up and I said, you know, I could lose my job and Will Davis said, no, you all, and I want all of you teachers that you, you will not lose your jobs because you're standing up and protesting. So they moved the man out of there, okay? And they bring in uh, our first Hispanic principal. His name was Ed Leo and he, they brought him in from Brownsville. But what we also learned and and as we learned the hard way, is that not all Hispanics are the same. You know, mm -hmm. Texas is so big. South Texas is very different from Central Texas. I learned through nothing but experience and just watching mm -hmm. what was going on, that the further you're away from the border, the less traditions you have and the more discrimination there is. The discrimination that we felt here, the lack of cultural events, the lack of all the things that we were denied mm -hmm. in our schools and whatever, uh, was here in Central Texas was not experienced in Brownsville or in Laredo. In Laredo, they were the, they were the majority. Mm -hmm. The Hispanics were the majority. So in those communities, it was the haves and the have-nots. You know, it was the ones that had positions, you know, could, you know, take their, send their kids to school. And it was a big awakening for me when I went to TWU to find out all these, all these Latina women that were there whose mothers were principals and the father was a banker. We had no role models in Lockhart, no role models in Central Texas, very few. No doctors, no lawyers, no principals, no teachers. The Central Texas, and I'm talking about Lockhart, San Marcos, Luling, Gonzalez, Austin. Now you get to San Antonio, it's, so, it's amazing. From that San Antonio on down to Laredo, totally different environment, mm -hmm. totally different. San Antonio, you had principals and teachers, Mexicanos and whatever, not in Austin. Not in Luling, not in Lockhart, not in Gonzales, not in Bastrop, not in all those little communities that really most of the leaders that became leaders here in Austin, that's where they came from. Mm -hmm. Gonzalo was from Bastrop, Texas, okay? And, uh, and, and we knew what, what really blatant discrimination mm -hmm. was all about. And we were fighting for that. And so when Ed Leo and them came from the valley, they said, well, what are y'all complaining about? You know, what is your all's problem, you know? Mm -hmm. Had no idea, and Miss Amaripa, I'll never forget, called one night and said, 
this man doesn't understand what our issues are in our community. So even though we got a Hispanic to be there, he still didn't understand what we were fighting for. So then the whole education, the whole bilingual thing became, we started fighting for, we want more administrators. And so then there was this organization called Pauta, which is Pan, I don't know, Pauta, in a way, we, where they brought in all these uh, 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 from Centen. I remember Mr. Flores, Jose Flores was, came and became principal of Mets. Mr. Andrew Guerrero became principal of Sanchez, the, mm -hmm. the, the Palm O Palm. Um, uh, I can't remember what the others were. There was a bunch of them. Um, Hinojosa, Eugenio Hinojosa. All of them came and through the University of Texas and became principals. And they came from areas where they had also felt, you know, they understood what we were fighting about. And then Marta Coterno, I went to Linder. Linder had but one Mexican teacher. After I left Becker, I went to Linder when it first opened. And, um, and Marta Cotera, Olga Gallegos, and all of them wanted bilingual education. We want our kids to learn about the culture. So I became, I was hired, and I really wasn't a, a teaching, I was a PE teacher, but I could do culture. I loved, we, I brought the folklorico group there. Mm -hmm. I went to the classrooms and talked about who we were all about and whatever. And then, um, you know, a lot of, we, we celebrated Cinco de Mayo, we would celebrate Fiestas de Septiembre, and I would go to Laredo and I'd bring all my, all my masks, my, all my stuff for, to put on display, whatever, and the teachers from Laredo that started getting hired to come and do bilingual mm -hmm. education would say, why are y'all bringing all that junk? What are y'all doing with all that, you know? They would say, what are y'all doing? That's, you're in America, you're supposed to, say, so you don't understand how starved we are. Maybe you, because you're right on the border, and, and, and you, you don't appreciate it. You're celebrating George Washington's birthday over there in Laredo, Texas. And we're over here trying to get some acknowledgement that we're, he, that we're here, that we have something to mm -hmm. offer. We have our song, we have our poetry, we have our dance, we have our food, that we don't have to be hiding under sack lunches, eating our tortilla and our tacos, mm -hmm. you know, because we didn't know, we did, couldn't afford bread. We were, not only was it, it was also economics. We were, we were not, we were not professionals. I mean, we, we, my mother cleaned houses. My father was an errand boy for pharmacist, for doctor. We didn't have doctors and lawyers as, and teachers as our role model. Do you remember having a, a Chicano or Mexican American role model? No. No. What do you think your daughters did, obviously, and you? Uh, uh. And do you, can you speak to some of those role models or the importance of that for your kids? What do you mean? What do I you guess. I didn't have any role models. We didn't have any here. But <laughs> at the time, there's a difference from when you come to Austin and your kids, because they start having role models. Oh, no, no, they, they did. Oh, no, that has. No, my, I'll tell you right now, my children, uh, it's just like, any, like all generations, you know. Uh, uh, every generation, I mean, you know, our, and I, my generation, I think, were movers and shakers. We really did. I, I, I appreciate what my generation of, of Latinos and, and the whole that generation in the 60s, it, a lot was happening. It was not just, it was a civil rights movement in the blacks, mm -hmm. it was the, uh, you know, the, the hippie movement back then. I'm telling you, those hippies, we called them hippies back then. <laughs> Every time we had a demonstration, they would come because they were all supporting for that. You know, they were so anti-establishment mm -hmm. that they would support anything that was anti-establishment. Um, but it was a lot happening at that time. So my children have no clue you know, they they hung around. I have pictures and they said, here you were, we, we were at Zaragoza Park, you know, at a political rally and 
And, uh, uh, you know, I would take them to, you know, what Erlinda, my oldest daughter, picketed in front of the, uh, the you know, the strike. She has a picture of herself with Dolores Huerta and, wow. and, and, and Cesar Chavez and her grandpa and her uncles all with mm -hmm. Cesar Chavez and whatever. They remember, Erlinda, the oldest one, remembers that. Um, and, and, they, and I remind them that if it not, had not been for the leaders here in Austin that took it upon themselves to, um, to make waves, mm -hmm. that this place is here, that, that Austin High, the busing mm -hmm. happened because, you know, there were no, well, there was, and Austin High was the only school back then, and my sister, Ruth went to Austin High way oh. back then, you know, there were mm -hmm. farm. Austin was a little bit different. They had Austin High, and that's where everybody went. Mm -hmm. Now, then later they opened up Johnston, and that's where Buddy graduated mm -hmm. from. But, and a lot of the, you know, Tony Castillo, this guy who was a coach, and a lot of these, uh, there were, there were, I always question why there weren't more Austin graduates that, that, that became more. Like, I, I, I know that Tony Castillo became a coach, um, um, Cantu, uh, Mr. Cantu became a principal. Uh, there's a few of our native Austinites mm -hmm. that that came back and became teachers and principals and whatever. Very few. The most most of the people that came into Austin were all from Laredo. From they were all recruited. You know, our first um, city man uh, manager Jorge Carrasco. You know, from Laredo. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we had we did have Amado Peña who was a teacher at at Anderson High School that. We knew, you know, I personally did not know him real well, but Emma and all of them knew him real well because, uh, you know, they they hung, there was a Razonida, and they all were activists at that time. Erasmo Andrade, his wife Sally, all these people moved into Austin because they, they saw an opportunity to help, okay? Mm -hmm. But the native Austinite, which is Richard Moya, John Trevino, uh, all these people, you know, they, they, East Side, and they they fought. Mm -hmm. uh, my we're going to have our first congregation. We're going to have, and uh, and then there was an aspect of the white in the West Side, San, uh, uh, West Side of, of Austin, uh, th that were liberals, you know, that supported us or whatever, mm -hmm. to a certain degree. That's another story. Mm -hmm. But as far as my daughters now, you know, and my art, the next generation, they do have role models now, and they, you know, and and, and that's good. But we didn't. Mm -hmm. Growing up, we didn't. And so um, much of what we have right now here, you know, um, I, I see my generation demonstrated, uh, protested, said that we protested the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. We protested, you know, had the economy furniture strike going on, demanded bilingual education for our children. Now it's our schools, we don't need, I mean, it's now we want our kids to learn English mm -hmm. because most of our schools are a lot of the new immigrants that Dr. Fausto was talking about the other night at the forum. Did you get a chance mm -hmm. to hear him? Yeah. I thought he was fantastic. Mm -hmm. He was wonderful. Great. Um, and, and, they're and they are reminding us again of, they're bringing, reminding us of who we are again, you know? Mm -hmm. Because a lot, like my children don't speak Spanish. They understand. Julie, my daughter who's a nurse, probably speaks the most. And Erlinda, my two oldest, but the two youngest, forget it, you know? Mm -hmm. They understand it, and they could understand my mother, because my mother came from Mexico. I am a first-generation 
Tejano, okay? My father was here since way before the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, okay? So he is truly a Tejano. I mean, he was here, and then when the United States so bought Texas and Mexico, New Mexico and all, then my mother tells me the story. She says, I remember the people that were told, if you wanna stay and become a US citizen, you can, or you have a chance to go back to Mexico. And she said, many went back to Mexico. Mm -hmm. And some chose to stay, because it was where they were born and raised. So that, you know, that, was, that was that generation. Then here comes us, the ones who woke up during the time that everybody was waking up. And then after us comes a new breed of activists, the, the Paul Hernandez, the Andela Macias, Lord and Teriapio and all of them. That, that, that is another rank that came after, after we had all, you know. Then it was, they were protesting the, the, the boat races on the lake and, and you, know, uh, you know, all the things that they were, but that was after us. We had already, Buddy had already been thrown in jail and, and had been threatened uh, mm -hmm. to be murdered because, you know, whatever, and, 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 you know, he ran for city council, and I remember that they put a full page ad that he was a, a card-carrying communist, and, and, you know, a young 16-year-old guy got shot in the back at the, at the Palmer Auditorium. He had been trying to break open, uh, break into a car, and the policeman chased him, and he was running up the hill up to Congress, to the, to the Congress Bridge, or to the South First Bridge, and they shot him in the back. And it was a big, big thing. I mean, Betty wrote, we will not forget, blah, 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 and all this. And then, so they, they had a, do, a, a do, uh, what is it, a thing on him. And a lot of, the, anybody who was, who was trying to protest it, whatever, there was. So um, um, each generation has something to offer. So, you know, for me, when I see remarks by some of the younger people say, oh, the old guard, like the old guard meaning Gus Garcia, Gonzalo, Andy Ramirez, mm -hmm. um, you know, John Trevino, that's what they're referring to. They say, oh, you know, we're not gonna be, the old guard is still trying to, and they, the old guard needs to learn how to let go of some of that stuff, but, but they, they need, they, I, I, they did mm -hmm. a lot. And we as women sacrificed a lot. Mm -hmm to make this happen mm -hmm. and segregate our schools and build Sanchez Elementary and take that junkyard out of East Austin. Uh, now we have a, a, a younger group. I'm so proud of Jose Velasquez. He's over there in uh, Hermanos de East Austin, you know, and organizing and making sure that some of these people pay their property taxes so they won't lose their houses. Mm -hmm. and. You know, he's doing a great job. There's another breed that's coming up, which I'm very excited about. It's supposed to happen that way, Cassie. Mm -hmm. You know, but, but I don't think, uh, but the history and needs to be remembered mm -hmm. and needs to be respected because it wasn't easy to come by. So yeah, this, it really upset me when, for, for anybody to think that they can just go throw anything in there in front of our building mm -hmm. and just disregard, I call, it's disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And they need to know that 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 we came by what we have very hard. It wasn't it, it wasn't easy, mm -hmm. and uh, because it is very different. The Latino community is here in Austin is very different from San Antonio, very different from Laredo, very different from Brownsville. Very this Central Texas, and I'm, I'm this is, I don't know whether anybody's written about it, but this is my perception. 
the further you're away from the border, the less traditions there are. And we, like I, a lot of the food that is, even the food is different from Laredo to <laughs> here, you know? Yeah. You know, and a lot of the, I did not, I, I, didn't, I didn't have a lot of, my mother came over here when she was four years old. And she lived, they were out in a German farm living in a, what my mother, my, my grandmother came by herself with five kids. And they were living in a, in a smokehouse where the German people smoked their hams and whatever. That's where they lived. That's where they were living and they were very, very poor. Mm -hmm. And so they worked the fields and they worked, my mother at eight years old was plowing the field with a mule and whatever. So they were, they worked very hard, but my mother, like she said, she only could tell me stories that her mother would tell her about Mexico. She doesn't remember Mexico. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't have the, yes, you say this, yes, we did. When I was growing up, there were some people that organized at the Esteses de Septiembre in Lockhart. One of my mm -hmm. aunts did. It was beautiful. It was just kind of like what we have here. I have no platform out in the country. Okay, so whenever you're ready to stop. No, we're good. Oh, no, okay. I, I, wanna, I do want to transition a little bit because you are still active, Celia. Oh, <laughs> You're on yeah. several boards and you're specifically on the MS Body and Dos Mexican American Cultural Center Advisory Board. Mm -hmm. How has that been for you? Well, it, let me tell you what it's like. Uh, um, after I, 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 I'm so sorry that I missed the grant, the opening, and I don't know why I wasn't mm -hmm. here. Um, by the time this it happened, I hadn't been over here, and I, uh, Emma, at the, then retired and was, I would hear about it to her, mm -hmm. you know, and and I knew that. That, that we were still interested in the arts and whatever, and we would talk about it, but I never came over here. And I kind of uh, um, would hear about it, you know, just off and on. There was nothing much. I did, did know, I, hear, I did hear a little bit about the, 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 the conflict mm -hmm. of when it was taken over by the city. This, I knew Juan Pablo Gutierrez. Juan Pablo Gutierrez helped Maria Salinas form her little company. Mm -hmm. He's an extremely talented artist. And, um, and, and, but right now, when I retired from teaching, I raised all my daughters, and when I retired, I decided I wanted to, uh, you know, I wanted to be outside because I'm still an outside person, and I love gardening. So I started the Master Gardeners program. Um, I decided to um, get involved with the Austin um, at the Botanical Garden. That's where I did most of my training. and got to meet a lot of people, so I got involved there. Um, when, when Emma died, it, 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 it was very, very hard for me. It was uh, like a, a real blow for me because uh, I have five sisters, and we're all, I love my sisters, but Emma and I, there's something very special when you have a friend like Emma. There was, uh, I laughed because I, I told Gonzalo, I said, you, she took so many secrets to her grave, and I will take many of her <laughs> no secrets. No one else knows yours. <laughs> and he looked at me the other day because we were talking about it, and um, um, she was uh, my soul sister. She and I. So it was, it was very hard for me, Cassie. I, um, um, I, she and I raised our kids together. Okay, uh, I, her kids knew that that if Emma needed to go, I would take care of them. I always knew. It. My kids absolutely adored Emma. In fact, I named my, 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 we named our oldest granddaughter Emma after Emma. Oh, wow. We called her Little Emma and Big Emma. 
So it was because um, when I heard that there was a vacancy, and I, no, I had, uh, I tell you what, when I heard that they, the board had not approved having it named, it hurt me. Mm -hmm. It hurt me, I said, because I thought I had covered the bases. I thought I had asked some people to come talk to the board. Uh, we, when I was, mm -hmm. when I, I wanted to name something for Emma. I wanted somebody to remember. I wanted, and uh, and people were calling me and says, is there gonna be anything for Emma? I was, I had approached the library system to see if we could name um, the Twin Oaks Library that we've just built out in South Austin. Mm -hmm. Uh, after Emma, and but uh, Brenda Ranch told me that people were looking in that neighborhood, looking to name it after Molly Ivins. So, oh, there's no way that I'm going to be able to compete with Molly Ivins. So, then I heard somebody say, "Well, why don't we do the Mac?" So, we decided to organize, and I called a group of people together: Bob Perkins, Judge Bob Perkins. Job. Bob Perkins was an actor and a singer. I don't know whether you knew this. He he was in the Teatro Campesino when all the uh, oh yeah, he was a great singer can sing like you would have corridos and everything in Spanish. He was from Eagle Pass. And he was an activist, a mm -hmm. big activist. And, um, and Marta Cotera and um, uh, Sandra Tenorio and Bobby Enriquez, there five of us that form. And, and I had, we had said, okay, you all are the theater people, go talk to the East Austin groups, theater groups or the mm -hmm. cultural groups. And Marta was supposed to come talk to the board. And I, I understood, and Juan says that it was never, they were never asked and told about it. I it just, it just, I said, but how could that be? Because y'all are the first ones that ha had to be, had to be reached. Mm -hmm. I told one later. And then I heard when we were gonna, then uh, all the work that went into get it and name it, whatever. And then uh, the night before the council meeting, I'm at a, I'm at a play and Gonzalo calls me, really there's gonna be a protest in the morning against this thing. I said, oh no. You know, and I said, oh my God. So anyway, um, it didn't happen, but I saw Emilio Zamora there and he didn't, he wouldn't talk to me. And I had met Emilio, mm -hmm. Dr. Emilio Zamora at, at another involvement that I had at Alma de Mujer, which is I was a member of the Council mm -hmm. Women's Council over there. It's a retreat center, I don't know whether it's the Center for Social Justice. Have you ever been there? I get their emails, but I don't know. I'm gonna have to take you over there, it's a gorgeous place. Oh, and and uh, it's indigenous women, women of color, everything. And it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful mm -hmm. place anyway. And I told him, and I, I told him, I said, uh, I want, I hear you're on the Mac board, I said, and I want to tell you that I want to help out in any way that I can, if there's anything that I can do as a citizen. I said, because um, my, my friend, Emma, was very, it was, uh, she worked very hard for it, and I, I want to help continue, you know. And he immediately says, Delia, you know I loved Emma. It was, it was nothing personal. It was just the process, the way it was done that really bothered us. I said, you know, I, I said, it's over, it's already been done, let's move forward if I can help you in any way. That was my thing. And I was because I had already heard through Marta Cotera that the Waller Creek thing was gonna happen and they was gonna quarter that thing and that they wanted parking up here and she said, we need to get involved with the board, we need to help the board, you know, not, you know, not let them take over the Mac. I have a lot of love and respect for, for Marta. Mm -hmm. And so I, uh, I went ahead and, and uh, then I, I was called and said, there's an opening, and uh, Laura Morrison uh, wants to appoint somebody, and, and Gonzalo said, uh, Gonzalo did mention him, he said, would you be interested? I said, you know what, I might think, about, let me think about it. <laughs> and then Laura Morrison's office called me mm -hmm. and said, would I be interested? And I said, okay, and so I, you know, I didn't realize that I had to turn in all this stuff, and I, I didn't know the, that there was a lot of paperwork and stuff. So it wasn't, I finally called, I said, who got appointed? Because I never heard from him. 
says, well, her name is Belia Sanchez. I said, well, I'm her. What, how come y'all didn't tell me? Okay, is it time? Okay. Okay. Um, thank you, Belia. I think that we'll have to get together and hear the rest of the story okay. another time. But thank you so much for sharing with us okay. all of your memories. It's wonderful. I'm glad that I am where I'm at right now, to be honest with you. I still have a lot of get up and go and more to give. I want to do what I can for this place, to be honest with you, as, for as long as I, because I don't know how long. You know, I'm 70 years old, for heaven's sakes. You have another 40 years, Bill. Oh, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Thank you. You're quite welcome. And I will.